0: Hello and welcome to the Something To Write Home About music podcast. Today we have an interview with Rick Birch and Zach Lind of Jimmy Eat World recorded back in 2011. During this interview, Rick and Zach take us through um, each of Jimmy Eat World's albums recorded from their self-titled debut album all the way through to 2010's Invented i hope you enjoy the podcast please subscribe if you do for more interviews that will be coming soon okay so going through the albums one by one how do you feel about them now and your favorite songs so the debut album the jimmy world self-titled which you went on How how do you feel about that looking back 16 years later
1: i think it's you know for for where we were at that point in time uh we were still fairly a young band and Um, I feel like really you know I think at the time we did a really good job. I mean it's not really you know it's a style that we're not really doing that much anymore but I think within that style I think you can kind of see you can make some connections to like what we've done and where we are now Um, but uh, yeah I mean I think probably um, you know probably my my favorite song on that album is Reason
0: 346 okay moving on then static prevails with your introduction <laughs> how, how do you feel about that obviously a major label de- debut um, it's still some of, like the fan some of the fans it's their favorite album how about
2: that for you now it's real exciting you know having that opportunity to go into you know a professional studio and have a lot of time, whereas I think what I know with the previous recording, they didn't have very much time. How long yeah. did, were you in the studio? Like, yeah, we weren't.
1: We weren't in the studio for more than a few days, and just
2: right. But with yeah. Static Prevails, you know, we got to go to California. We met, uh, hooked up with Mark Trombino, and spent a good time in the studio and got really deep with,
1: you know, making the songs and you know trying different things. And I feel like with Static Prevails, I think we were still trying to figure out out some things, like what kind of band we wanted to be, um, you know, at that point in time, I think we were still kind of, I mean, I think to a certain degree, we always just kind of follow our own noses, but I think really then it was kind of like we we didn't know exactly how to execute what we wanted, and we kind of, um, you know, I think we, you know, if you listen to, like when I listen to Static Prevails, I just hear like a less experienced band, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad it's just you know part of part of being less experienced there's some really good stuff that comes along with that you know just sort of um you know but i think in terms of like making records i don't really feel like we really like kind of said okay this is what we want to do and this is how we're going to do it until we hit clarity clarity was kind of like we okay we've been through this before a little bit of better idea of like what we want to do, and Static Prevails is just a little bit more like a raw kind of like, let's just do it and think about it later, you know, whereas Clarity was a little bit more intentional, I think. We knew what we wanted for. How about you for Clarity? For Clarity, yeah. uh,
2: Exactly what he said, you know, having the experience of doing Static Prevails, you you know, you realize uh, that there's a lot of things you can do. Again, being with Mark Trombino, it was uh we just got deeper into
1: that relationship and um I sort flowing it was a good experience. I think with Clarity, um, where we were like in terms with our our relationship with our record label kind of influenced that album a lot because at that point in time static rails had kind of come and gone and we sort of learned real quickly that we weren't really all that important to the label. And so, uh, I think when we were making Clarity, we were making it in the mindset of we'll probably never get to do this again, you know. So let's do whatever the fuck we want, and let's like if we have an idea, let's just like go for it and do it because we're probably not gonna have a chance to be in a nice studio or to rent like. I think that was the first album where we had like professional strings on the record and. We got we, we ordered all these percussion instruments and did all this did all this different stuff and it was kind of like um, you know we went for it like in, we, we just really went for it and, and any kind of idea we had we tried it and um, I think part of it was kind of just the really kind of savoring okay this is probably never, we're probably never going to get this chance again and I think that you know it influenced the album a lot.
0: How'd you feel about obviously last year you did a tour revisiting Clarity, how was that going back in, like ten years on from from the original album to then play it play really, it live in full?
1: It's really it was a weird it was really fun and it was really strange, you know, because when we that record was out, when we were touring for that record, like no one really came to the shows very much. Like we weren't playing for a very big crowd. And so to take that record and play it, put it out again and play it for people and it was interesting, you know, it's you know the thing that stuck out in my mind was that at the time we were making clarity like we really had no way of measuring what ha- you know what its impact would be on our fans and and a lot of those fans weren't even fans yet you know and so I think for us we were just sort of under the radar and uh, you know we, we I think we were we felt like we were still under the radar making clarity and so bringing their album back out to the fans, you know after, you know, a, a long period of time when we put out Bleed American and had, you know, sort of more commercial success and had a broader audience. It was really strange to to, to play Clarity for, you know, like we're playing Clarity in, in front of like 2,500 people packed in New York City. Like when Clarity came out, we might have been able to draw like 200 people, maybe, you know. And uh, so it's just, it was... It was really fun and a really great tour, but it was a little bit strange as well. well. What's your favorite song with the album? Clarity? Yeah.
2: I'm going to say goodbye Sky Harbor because it's the freshest in my mind because we've been playing it lately. And um, also another thing with the Clarity Tour, we uh, got songs together for live that we had never, you know, performed, you know, before live. And uh, especially Sky Harbor, we tried to do a more accurate representation of the recording on the album. Which was a lot of fun to dig in and figure out how to do that. And, uh, you know, a big help of that was that is uh, technology. Jim has a good loop station that, you know, yeah. makes the layering possible at the end. And it's, uh, you know, I think it was a lot of fun getting that together and it's a lot of fun doing it still
0: okay um bleed american how was it recording that without having a label already in place and then you know because at, at the time when you recorded that you didn't have a label and you know you're all working day jobs to try and get the funding mm-hmm. was there any was there ever kind of a feeling of is this ever going to be released or was it kind of like refreshing and freeing because of you didn't have to answer to anyone you could just go and make the album you wanted to make
2: it was it was a uh, very refreshing and freeing to make Bleed American with no label, no other real business associates at all. And it was, you know, just the four of us guys and Mark Trombino you know, in the studio and, you know, doing what we wanted to do for us, you know, and for our fans because we knew there were there were fans out there. We didn't know how they were gonna hear it or what conduit would take it to them, but we knew that, you know, they would hear it and so we were really excited to be that free to make exactly what we wanted at the time were you shocked by the success of the album
0: because obviously it it took you and it took obviously as well from that a lot of people then revisited Clarity and that's how a lot of people discovered Clarity and Static Wales.
1: yeah I think we were really surprised that I mean I think for us we've always been a band that um, tried not to have too high of expectations Um, I think we learned that really early you know Um, start to expect a lot of things and then you'll be disappointed. So for us, doing Bleed American was like a sort of a second chance at um, you know, not only making more music, but um, you know, there's a whole part of being a band that a lot of people don't really sort of pick up on. And it's it's kind of like the business part of being a band. And uh, in a weird way, like we were able to kind of restart our band with a group of people that we were able to choose Um, that fit us a lot better. And having the experiences with Static
2: Prevails and Clarity and people we had worked with on the business side before, we learned a lot through that experience. So it was was really, we were really fortunate to be able to have that opportunity to reset and knowing what to look for and, you know, how to work as a band, you know, in the business end of it, you know, helped us choose the people that, and we're still with, you know, those people today, so...
0: Okay. It's
2: really, really
0: cool. Um, futures, you moved away from working with Mark to working with Jill Norton. Mm-hmm. What was the decision, and or was it just, you know, a fresh set of ears who hadn't worked with you before?
1: I think it was a combination of, there were some scheduling problems, um, there was, we started making Futures with Mark initially, um, and then uh, we weren't ready to make a record. I think we kind of realized that. I'm part way in with Mark and uh, It just sort of uh, it kind of ended badly not necessarily Because of Mark, but it just sort of it was frustrating for everyone involved I think because we had spent like three months in the studio and we didn't really have anything done and we're leaving the studio and uh, We weren't finished and so it's like the first time that's ever really happened for us so uh, Mark had a a scheduling conflict that he had to continue with another band, and, you know, it it was sort of a difficult situation for everybody, but I think, and you know, another part of it was that I think we needed to kind of, I mean, that was our, you know, that was our sort of our third record with Mark, Bleed American was our third record in a row with Mark, plus we'd done other recordings with him, and so it's kind of been, it was like a long relationship that um, I felt like we you know, I think in the at the end of the day, I think we all sort of collectively felt like working with someone new would be good, you know, getting a new perspective in. Because I think when you all have the same team and the same people creatively, things can kind of get, you can kind of get in a rut, you know. And um, Gil came in and really kind of shook things up in the way that we made records and the way that we're prepared to make records, to make a record. And... And Gil is a very different kind of person than Mark, so I think just having a different personality in the room uh, was, and he was like the perfect person that we needed at that point in time. Like Gil was amazing, so and you know we, I think, Futures was by far the hardest record that we had to make. It was the most difficult. It was the most trying. Um,
0: was a pressure because of obviously the success of
1: yeah, American. Yeah, it was the first, yeah, it was like we had to learn to be a different kind of band, you know, in a weird way, like we had to learn to deal with, like the expectation of, there's people waiting for a record, where we'd never dealt with that feeling before. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, and then right in the middle of futures, our label got sold, and got, you know, so there was a lot of weird shit going on during that time. So, um uh, you know, and I. Th- but at the end of the day, I think like features is i would i think futures is probably my favorite record, just because i it maybe it maybe could just be because of that like it was so hard to make, and so I was like so glad to get it out but
0: um chase this light um you produced it, but you had butch Vig as a kind of executive producer, mm. how was it working with him, or was it weird having someone overseeing it but not? Directly involved in the kind of day-to-day
1: recording. I thought it was it was really good working with with Butch. I think um, part of making Chase Us Light was sort of an experiment to see if we could make a record in Arizona in our studio. You know, um, it was a sort of one step in the direction of getting to a place where we could just more rely on ourselves and our own instinct. Um, and uh it was a blast to make it you know it was really fun uh it was like the total opposite of making features you know it just was a good time it was totally chill and relaxed and um i don't know i think that it was it was i think that kind of and you can kind of hear that in the music i think like it feels more a little bit upbeat and more like maybe relaxed and um, but but i think butch was great he 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 was able to kind of give us some some outside perspective and not be there all the time you know i think um you know it was good it was it was good to have butch along because i think it 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 kind of it was like a safety butch was kind of like a safety net for us and we were the ones up on the high wire but butch was still there to kind of like make sure you know shit didn't get off track so
0: Okay, on to the current album then, Invented. How do you feel going back? Obviously you hadn't worked with Mark for a couple of
2: albums, then
0: go back and work with him again?
2: For Invented, we decided to, um, again, we wanted to do the recording at our studio in Arizona that we had built up, and um, we wanted someone else to be, you know, there for us as well, but uh, we still wanted to you know be the the mainly the creative process is coming from the four of us in our studio and um we wanted but we still wanted that outside ear outside perspective and um uh thinking about that and how we wanted to do it and um ha- not having someone in the studio every day um so they're, they also needed to be good with, you know, computers and Pro Tools, and that's Mark. He's a genius with, you know, the, the computing aspect of recording, and um, he also has his own studio at his house in California, so it's kind of like, um, w- and, you know, we have the previous experience with him. We get along really well, and um, we're big fans of what he does as well, and so it was kind of a natural choice to ask him to join us again and um so we would make make uh the songs in Arizona get them you know as far as we could get them and then uh send that over to Mark and uh he would I mean sometimes he would totally re- rearrange the structure of the song and send that back and like it, it would flip us out because it was so different uh but uh you know we would take parts of those ideas and, you know, sometimes not use all of it and uh, just kind of like evolve the songs that way by bouncing them back and forth, you know, between his studio and our studio. But, you know, we always stayed in our studio. And again, we're very comfortable there, very relaxed. You're not living in a hotel room. You're going home every night to your family. So I think you can hear that as well. It's very, you know, comfortable sounding.
1: Yeah, with with uh, Chase This Light, there was, you know, we had an engineer, we had um, an executive an engineer that was with us all the time in the studio, we had an ex- executive producer and Butch that was there, and then we had also a separate guy, a crystal algae to mix, you know, so we had kind of like these two roles, like the, the, the sort of, exec, you know, co-producer and mixer spread out among different people, and with Mark, it was like, he was a, because of what he can do and his ability, he kind of can take all of those roles on as one person. And, uh, you know, he's kind of the, you know, one of the people, one of the few people we know who can do that. And he's probably the only one that like, we trust, you know, creatively and musically to do that. You know, so, um, uh, he was, he was great. Yeah, okay, cool.